to see everybody. Are you happy? Give Jesus a great big praise right now. Get our juices all warmed up a little bit. Well, I'm excited to see you all. As Pastor Paul said, I'm doing the first service this morning, and uh, he's going to do the second, and I'll open up in second, but I have been asked to speak at a local church in Phoenix, Faith Christian Center. I know many of you ladies know Erica Moore. She spoke at our church. She's 40 years old today, so they're bringing me in as a surprise guest speaker for one of her services, so I'll be heading down there today. Isn't it wonderful how the churches can come together, celebrate each other? We're not worried about competition or trying to fight with each other, but this is the way the church should look. Amen? But I told Pastor Paul, I got to minister this morning at my own church. Amen? So I couldn't pass up this opportunity. But I'm going to talk to you just a few minutes this morning on a topic called Seed Time and Harvest. Now, many of you have been around the kingdom maybe a little bit of time, may think this is about money, and it is not about money. You can definitely apply this principle to money, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the things that you're believing God for and the miracles that you are waiting for. From the Lord. How many of you, especially coming into this new year, we did our 21-day fasting and our journaling, there's still some unchecked things that you haven't seen the Lord do yet? Let's just be honest. And I'll tell you the truth. I've been doing the 21-day fasting and prayer the first of the year for many years, and I have all of my journals, and there still are some unchecked boxes because there's some things that take just a little bit time for God to move in the miraculous. And there's the seed time, right? And then there's the harvest. And we live in this society where we want everything right now. It's an instant society, isn't it? I I may go into Starbucks and my drink takes just one minute too long. I got to wait for that joker in front of me with three drinks. And I'm ready to lay on the horn and I'm so frustrated. Why? Because we live in this instant gratification. We can be on an amazing vacation somewhere and we can't wait to post that, that on social media, right? And it goes instantly all over the world for the world to see because we live in that kind of generation. It's really awesome that we live in that time. But God's kingdom time is on God's timetable. And it's his way, and he's going to do it to his glory. He's going to work everything out. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. But as believers, and, and especially in today's society, it's when we plant that seed of faith, and then we're waiting for the harvest to happen that we get disillusioned and we get discouraged and we grow weary. And at that point of that in-between, we may find fault with someone else why it isn't happening or the enemy make us self-critique ourselves that we're doing something wrong and we're not spiritual enough and maybe you're not fasting enough and maybe you're not reading your Bible enough and you're not being spiritual enough. But faith is being activated the moment that you put it in the ground. It's a seed. Faith is something that you're believing God for, and we're not going to go back and dig it up and wonder where it's at. Many of you have heard my garden story. One thing, I planted all these different rows. We had just gorgeous, perfect little signs and my robes. I was so excited about my garden. And the one thing I couldn't wait to see was the carrots to pop out of the ground because they're little green grass, you know. So every day I'm like, I'm waiting, waiting for that carrot to grow because I was waiting with anticipation. But what I didn't anticipate was the weeds 
to look just like the top of the carrots. I wasn't anticipating going out in 90 degree full humidity in Midwest and have to get on my hands and knees and dig up all the stuff that was growing that wasn't supposed to be there, that was trying to choke the life out of what I was wanting to see grow in my life. So in your journey with God, you don't anticipate the struggles that come along with it. We think, well, hey, I'm trusting God. Praise the Lord. My seat is in the ground. I'm serving God. I'm worshiping God. But we don't expect maybe an unexpected bill or a relationship to go sour or the boss to fire you or whatever it is. We don't expect that opposition. And so we get frustrated. But as long as that seed stays in the ground and you don't remove your faith, you don't abandon your trust in God, I promise you that faith is going to produce the desires that you're longing for. And it took a little bit of time and it took a little bit of labor to figure out, okay, what is the grass and what is the carrot? But one day I had this beautiful row of these cute little carrots, this little, little grass just coming up so beautiful. I couldn't wait to pluck one of them out of the ground. It was this big, but I was so excited that I got my tiny little carrot, right? And that's the same thing with God. Your faith has to remain in the ground and stay activated for the miracle to come to place. And I remember I had these little bunnies that loved my garden so much. And I had to put a little fence up. I had to get cayenne pepper because I'm trying to do this organic garden, right? Organic and healthy. So I've got this cayenne pepper thing and trying to keep out all the things that are trying to destroy the seed that I planted in the ground. So you have to be willing when you're believing God for a miracle and you're believing God for the breakthrough, you have to tend your garden, protect that seed in the ground, which is your faith. Amen. Don't ever remove your faith from what God is doing because when you plant it, you're going to produce the harvest. But listen, it's on God's timetable not on ours. If you look at the seasons that God created here on earth in Arizona, we got like two hot and then nice, right? But if you're in the Midwest or you go up into the mountains, you have four seasons. So there is times with God. God created this world in beautiful seasons. And so maybe you're in a season where you're not seeing the fruit of your labor. You're not seeing that move of God yet. And you could be sitting somebody right next to you in your row who is experiencing the fruit of their labor. Their garden is full and their marriage is happy and they got the promotion. You know, if you're on social media for a second, your first scroll, somebody has something better than you right? And so, but you've got to understand, they had that seed in that ground. We don't know how long, but the harvest came because they didn't lose their faith. They didn't grow weary while doing good. They didn't allow the pestilence and the accusations and the lies of the devil to come and try to get you to tear up that faith or your seed in the ground. Amen? So what is faith? Faith is this. Faith is a conviction of God. It's the confidence and trust that I know God is making a way in my life. When I put that seed of faith and I trust God and I'm saying, God, I'm believing you for this miracle. I wrote it in my journal. I'm trusting you. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. Faith stays anchored and trusting in God, not by what I see, but what God says. So we have to rethink train our focus to quit looking at the circumstance and says, well, that's really what's going on in my life. I've really learned in my walk of faith that if there's something really negative going on in my life, it's a sure sign that God is doing something supernatural in my life. So that's why the Bible says, count it all joy, because this may be going, the enemy wants me to be distracted over here, wants me to get in fear, makes me want to get in low self-esteem or whatever it is. I can count it all joy because I know my God is making a way in my life. God, my trust and my reliance knows that I know God's going to move on my behalf. Not based on how I feel, 
Not based in, in what my circumstances says, but based on what the word of God has to say in our life. Amen. God wants to give you your miracle more than you even want it. And you know why? Because he's given the glory. So I want to encourage you this morning, keep your faith activated in that miracle you're believing God for. And maybe some of you want a change, and maybe you desire a change in a situation, but you haven't activated the word of God yet. I'm encouraging you today to get your faith activated in God, because we serve a God who is a miracle-working God. God is always moving. The Holy Spirit is moving here on this earth. Ezekiel talks about the, the vision of, of the a four-headed animal that could move the Ezekiel's wheel, and that wheel moved in every direction. It comes and it goes. Why? Because God will bless you with the devil stole in your past, and God will bring the blessing into your future. See, God is always moving. He's coming and he's going. God is not sleeping in your life. He is moving on your behalf. And what you got to do is jump on in and say, God, I'm going to get my faith going. I'm going to get my joy back. I'm going to get my hope back. I'm going to get anchored in your word. And I'm believing that this year my miracle is coming in my life. Amen. Everybody say, it's time. It's time for the miracle, and God wants it for your life. Uh, Let's look over to Romans 12, verse 3. Faith can be such a simple thing, and faith can be such a difficult thing. Amen. Because faith is just choosing to say, I'm going to trust God. Devil, you're throwing this at my face, but I'm going to bat it away, and I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. That's faith. That means I can just decide. I can be in anxious and and anxiety and fear, and I can say, no, in Jesus' name, I'm trusting God in his word. I can literally flip the switch and say, I'm deciding in what God has to say. But it's challenging because my emotions and what I see are screaming way more louder than what I don't see by faith. So we have to choose to say, I'm going to see what God has to say in my life. So let's, let's see what Romans 12, 3 says. For I say through the grace given unto me, see your miracle, that seed of faith that you're putting in the ground and whatever it is, it comes through the grace of God. The Bible says, not by works, lest any man should boast. It's not about your working things out. We are called it. I'm a person, I'm going to put my hand to the plow. I'm going to work. I'm going to push through. But the kingdom of God says, God, it's by grace. What's going to manifest in your life is not what you're going to do with your natural hands, what you're going to do with your ability. It's the grace of God that empowers me to walk by faith and not by what I see to receive the blessings of God. That means I can shake, shake off the works of the flesh. Now, should we be in our Bible? Yeah. It's equipping. Should I be spending time with the Lord? Absolutely. All of those things are activating the faith of God. But what moves God is my faith and trust in him and his grace to empower me to keep trusting him when all hell is breaking loose. Amen? So you're going to have to say this year, you're going to have to get some bulldog faith and put your spiritual boots down and say, I will not be moved. Devil, you can try to rattle me, but I'm not losing my joy. I'm not losing my hope. I'm not looking at this distraction. Because listen, all the enemy wants to do is distract you away from looking to Jesus. Because when you are looking to Jesus, you are empowered with a supernatural ability to believe God for something you can't do in the natural. But when you are looking away from Jesus, you lose your supernatural strength. And that's why we get weary. That's why we get defeated. That's why we feel weighed down. And we're still trying to serve Jesus, but we've given up our hope. I want to encourage you today, stir up your hope. Amen. Let's get excited. We are in, what are we, in May. 
We are not even halfway through the year. We serve a miracle-working God. Let's get excited about some miracles. I walked and prayed in this church, I don't know, two days, a couple days last week, and I just called forth breakthrough miracles. I called forth favor over this house. I called forth the, the lost and the people that come from the north, south, east, and west. And if you felt an unction to get to church today, it's because I was praying for you to get here today. Amen. And I'm praying for everybody else to get into the house of the Lord. Why? Because God wants to activate our faith so that he can give you the miracles that you want from him anyway. How many people are sitting at home disillusioned, you know, discouraged and coming to church, you know, and, and waning away from the house of God because they're so discouraged. But in the atmosphere of the presence of the Lord, there are miracles being stirred up in your heart. Faith is getting ignited right in your heart today. And that's an exciting place to be. So the, the scripture goes on to say, for I say through grace, thank you, God, it's your grace that gives me through, to everyone who is among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, right? It's not about me, but to think soberly, right? According, uh, see, according, think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So that scripture verse is saying, don't think it's about you. You get out the way, get out the way. That's old school. Okay. How many know that song? Whatever. This is the early bird crowd. But what do you got to do? You know what? Feelings, emotions, I'm getting out of the way. This isn't about me. It's not based on myself. The Bible says that I'm not to think of myself more highly than I ought to think. I'm receiving the grace of God, and God gave me the measure of faith that I need to walk through this miracle. I don't have to look for it anywhere else. God gave it to me. It's inside of me. I'm going to stir it up in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit and activate my faith until I get out of my funk. Activate my faith until I get out of my funk. Why? Because I need faith to be moving in my life so I don't quit when you are standing on the precipice of a breakthrough in your life. Because you're going to get right to the edge. You're going to go, God, where are you? I've been trusting you. I've been trusting you. I've been trusting you. And you're going to take this dive of faith, and God's going to meet you right where you're at. But so many people, listen, and I feel it so strong, we get right right to the edge, and we're thinking, God, where are you? I want to give up. I want to quit. I'm in that midnight hour, and God's like, trust me, one more step, and boom, he's going to meet you right there, and you're going to trust him, and trust him, and trust him, and all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself walking in the supernatural, and you're going to see yourself walking in what God promised you you would have, because guess what? It's already there. What you desire from God is already there. You want a flourishing company? It's right there but I don't see it. It's that invisible wall of faith. You want an awesome marriage? It's right there. You want a breakthrough healing? It's right there. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm not going to look to the left or the right. I'm not going to be discouraged by the devil. And all of a sudden, you're going to press through this veil, and there's going to be the miracle of God waiting for you. That's faith. Faith is walking towards what you don't see and trusting that my seed is in the ground, and I'm going to see that miracle as I continue to put my trust in God. Amen. The Bible says there in Romans that God gave me, each gave us the measure of faith. He gave you. That means that word means he divinely implanted the principle of trust and reliance in him. So you don't have to, except for hearing the word of God, faith is in you. God gave it to you. It's an inward, it's like the Bible says that 
atheists who say they don't believe in God is not really true because Psalms talks about when God created us, he put in my DNA a knowing that there is God by looking at the trees and the wonders of the world. And that's why the devil uses new age and, you know, and all, we're worshiping the creation more than the creator, right? That's, that's Bible. But they're just taking a small principle and worshiping the creation, which they're feel drawn to. Why? Because God created it all. He said, I put in you to know I'm God. When you feel the wind blowing, right? When you feel the trees and the changing of the trees, I love the seasons. That's one thing I miss about the Midwest. I love fall. It's my favorite time of the year. But there's just something about going in there and knowing that God is in complete control. So when you are in faith and you're keeping your eyes on Jesus, there's this wonder to know that God is going to create this miracle in my life. Amen. So I can get up every day and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in my life. I don't have to beg and plead and crawl through broken glass. Amen. I just begin to thank him. Let me share a quick testimony with you. When I was younger, I had struggled horribly with asthma just horribly, and I was believing God for a miracle, and, you know, calling and praying and speaking the word about healing and all of this, and one day I heard the Lord say, um, I want you to thank me for your healing. I already did it. I'm like, okay, Lord, every day, using my inhaler, still on prednisone. It, once a year, I was hospitalized because of breathing problems, and so every day, first thing I sat up in my bed, I said, thank you, Jesus, for healing my lungs. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me of asthma. Every day, thank you, Jesus. And it kept that inhaler right in my pocket because I ain't stupid, right? Why? Because it's seed time and then harvest. See, we, we get spooky. Well, I, I believe in God, and then, you know, and then we do something silly. No, until it manifested, keep thanking God, right? So I didn't have to not carry my inhaler by faith. Use whatever you got to use. Whatever you're believing God for, it's okay until it becomes a harvest. Then I won't need it anymore. And that's what happened. Uh, you know, I needed this thing everywhere I went. And one day I woke up, and I, it had been weeks. Weeks had went by, and I went, I haven't even thought about my inhaler. My inhaler to me, like back in the day before cell phones were like our cell phone. You don't leave anywhere without your cell phone. That was how my brain worked with my inhaler. I didn't leave anywhere because it was very dangerous. You could die if you can't breathe. Amen. And then I realized one day, oh, my gosh, I haven't even thought about my inhaler. I have gone all this time, and God manifested this healing in my body. And I'm currently taking that territory. I know I'm healed, but all the allergens and the dumb pollen that came from up north. But I'm, I'm thanking the Lord again, right? I'm not going to be moved by what I see because a symptom comes back or that thing tries to creep back in. God healed me, amen? So just begin to thank God. Thank him for that business. Thank him for those customers. I walked in this church, no joke, every seat has been touched by my hands with anointing oil. And I thanked every person God was sending to this church. I thanked every person that God was sending the lost and the saved and filling this church up for his glory. I was calling things as not as though they be. I was seeing this house filled with lives that can be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to have a mega church, but have the influence that God's called this church to have. Amen. That's faith. I can walk in this room and see every chair full. I can walk in second service, every chair full. I can walk into third service that we'll have soon and see every chair full. Why? Because that's faith. Amen. Faith sees what God sees, what God says, not by what we see. And God will manifest it. Amen. So it's a divinely implanted word of rhema of God. It's in you. Well, I can't trust God. Yes, you can. Do you trust him to breathe every day? You don't even think about it, do you? Thank God. And if you struggle, then you know how important that is, right? There's many things. You, you sat down in that chair today. You didn't even think twice about it. You didn't know if it was going to hold you up. 
Your confidence in a builder and a man. How much more in God? Take a seat of faith. Sit down and trust that God is moving on your behalf, amen, to give you your heart's desires. God is looking for what? Consistency. You have faith in you. Now God says work your faith and be consistent until you see results. That means you're going to get up every day, trust God. I'm going to get up tomorrow, not by what I see. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to be consistent. And you know what consistency does? When stability becomes a habit, maturity and clarity follow. So if your faith is like you're moved by your every wind, you're moved by it, then you can't be clear with what God's trying to say. But when you can stay solid, keep your eyes on Jesus, right? When controversy comes, now I'm going to be anchored in God. I'm mature. See, the Bible says we reads, reads are hollow sticks. There's nothing in it. And when the wind comes, it's blown with the wind. There's nothing solid holding it down. And an immature Christian that can't apply our faith. And listen, we've all been there. There's things, God is still maturing my faith in areas that I'm a weed and I kind of get blown. But I'm learning to trust God, right? So when you are blown by circumstances, you got to allow the character of God to come in you and be stable and be consistent. I'm going to still trust God. I'm going to still read my Bible. I'm going to still serve at church no matter what I feel or see. And God, if I never see it come to pass, I'm good. I'll go into glory still thanking you for what you've done in my life. That's faith. But when you trust God, you can't lose. It's a win-win. Amen. So, but we got to get that character of God in us, dig a little deeper and say, God, I can trust you a little while longer. Matthew 14, verse 22 through 31. We know this story, but I want to read it to you and point out a couple things. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him on the other side while he sent the multitudes away. How many of you have been walking with Jesus and Jesus says, hey, go here. Live this life with me. And you are sent by God. You're loving God. You're serving God. And you expect when you are in Jesus' boat, like if I'm in Jesus' boat, I'm going to feel the safest than anybody else. Why? Because I know what Jesus can do. They were trusting him. But what they didn't expect was the opposition they were going to have when Jesus wasn't in the boat. See, see, we're serving God, and you, I put my trust in you, God. I've been being faithful to you. I've been giving, and I've been all of this. But you didn't expect the opposition. And that's where, when opposition happens, we are going to put our trust in God, no matter what the circumstances looks like. Verse 23, and when he sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening had come, he was alone there. Verse 24, but the boat now was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. That word is opposite. See, when you are serving God and these opposite things begin to happen, wait, I was trusting God for this, and this actually happened. I was believing, Lord, for this, but this actually happened. Where is God in all of this? See, and that's where we get confused because we think something's wrong, and we get angry or we get frustrated or we start pointing the blame. In reality, God's like, "Uh uh-uh. The contrary winds are for you to look at the faith on the inside of you and begin to look at me and not what you see. See, it was a lesson. We think God's not in the controversy. God is in the controversy because he's saying, I'm going to test your faith right now. Are you going to trust in me? Or are you going to trust in what you see? Amen. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. In Jesus' name, I'm going to put my trust in him instead of at what I see. Now in the fourth, verse 25, fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. See, the word never wearies. You all know this, but I'm just encouraging you today. The word never stops. The word walks right through the contrary. The word will walk through resistance and opposition. Listen, Jesus is not held back by what you're held back by. 
we think he's limited. He is not limited. We have limited seeing. Jesus walks right through it. He's on the word. The word parts the way. The, the word is the division between the bone and the marrow, right? It divides. It's a two-edged sword. Jesus can show up and begin to cut down the things in your life that you could never break through on your own. That's the trust in God. So Jesus walks up, not worried about the winds at all, right? Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. They didn't even recognize the word of God when he showed up. They thought it was a ghost. And what came out of them? I've always said, when you're squeezed, what's in you is coming out of you. And what did they scream out? They were fearful. They were fearful. See, when you're being squeezed, listen, and the contrary things are happening, what's coming out of you? Are you angry? Do you feel abandoned? Do you feel rejected? Do you feel insignificant? They felt fear, but what's coming out of you? Listen, I, I'm squeezed by God many times, and there's some things that come out of me. I'm like, that's kind of ugly. I didn't know that was in there. I didn't know I was struggling with those kind of things. Thank you, God, for revealing it to me. Now I can put that feeling that's not faith under my feet, and I can ignite the faith of God and begin to walk towards the Lord once again. Amen? And that's what happened. So we know the great story. What happened? Verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And here's Peter. What did Peter say? Lord, if it is you, command me to what? Come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. He said, come. See, Peter had what? A seed of faith. Seed time and harvest. So Peter said, Jesus, you want me to walk by faith? Bid me to come. And Jesus says, come. So Peter starts walking on that water. What is Peter looking at? He's looking at Jesus. He's looking at the word. He's not looking at the contrary winds. He's not looking at the things that, how the heck am I doing this? Sometimes you're walking by faith and you're going, how am I getting through this but the grace of God, amen? So here's Peter and he's just walking towards Jesus, right? And then what happened? We know in verse 30, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, afraid and began sinking. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. So what did Peter do? He had the seed time, but he wasn't willing to wait for the harvest. He had the seed time to get out there by faith, but he began to look at the winds again. So if he's looking at Jesus, who is the reason why he got out of the boat in the first place, and he began to look at the boisterous winds, where's Jesus? Over here. He took his eyes off Jesus. Listen, Jesus is the author, and he's the finisher of your faith. Jesus is the only one who can get you to the other side. Jesus is your anchor of your hope. Jesus is your joy. Not your spouse cannot be those anchors. They can encourage a little bit, but they can't anchor you. The perfect paying job cannot anchor you. All these things that we think is really where security lies, and Jesus says those are boisterous winds, boisterous winds to distract you away from really looking at Jesus. So what did, what did Jesus say? Jesus reached down. We know this thing. He said, oh, ye of little faith. I'd have been like, but Jesus, I got out of the boat. Let the other 11 jokers back there. They didn't even get out of the boat, right? And you think that maybe Jesus is being mean. Peter, oh, ye of little faith. And he pulled him back up. And I don't know if Jesus carried him or they just walked, probably just walked on the water back to the boat. But he wasn't demeaning Peter. He's saying, oh, you're undeveloped faith. In other words, you're not being consistent, Peter. See, it's consistent faith that leads us to the miracle. It's not that you don't have faith. It's not that you're not spiritual. 
We have the great I am living in us, amen? So if you trip up and fall on this journey, just get right back up. I have little faith, God, I mean undeveloped faith, right? But you gave me the measure I need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not gonna quit down in failure. I'm not gonna give up because I made mistakes. I'm not gonna throw out the baby with the bathwater, amen? I'm gonna have that faith activated. I'm gonna get my eyes back on Jesus and I'm gonna walk on this wind until I get to the other side, amen? That's faith, and God gave you that measure of faith. He put it on the inside of you. Faith becomes a seed, so when you plant a seed, God changes the nature of that seed when it's in the ground. So that seed, when you put it in, is a little seed, but once you put it in the ground, God naturally has that seed change its form. There's a source of creative energy that now commands that seed to take root and to sprout up and to produce fruit. That is your faith. When you plant the seed, God's supernatural anointing comes to your faith. It doesn't make sense that I put seeds in the ground and carrots come up out of it. It doesn't make sense that I put seeds in the ground and I get giant pumpkins. It doesn't make sense. I can't see what's going on in the ground. I don't know the process. I don't know the dirt and the water and the root. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know any of that, and that's the truth, right? But I trust that the, the process of God in nature is going to be activated. So that means I can go out and I can expect those carrots. Why? Because it's what's supposed to happen. So when you activate your faith, you may keep looking and go, not there yet, God. I'm still trusting you. Not there, God. But I'm trusting the process of the supernatural to begin to take place in what I'm believing God for. That means you may wake up one morning and boom, there's the miracle. That's why we say, well, suddenly it's happened. Yeah, they do. But man, I've been believing God way over here for a while. That suddenly happened because it took me by surprise because I was just trusting God in blind faith. Amen. And I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to grow weary. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to trust God. Because when Peter got on the water, he did something supernatural beyond his own ability. When he got what? In faith. That means when you get in faith, God empowers you with his grace, right? Supernatural ability to walk through whatever you're walking through. And you can have your head held high and not be ashamed and not be weary and still love your life knowing that God is moving on your behalf. Amen? All right, let's keep going here. Have you ever noticed, like, uh, when you're walking somewhere in Arizona, it could be anywhere, and there's this, like, a rocky area and you see this beautiful flower that somehow came out of the middle of that rocky area, like cement, cracks. And you're like, how did that plant, how did it come out of that stony area, that rough area? Because that's life. See, when you've got faith, the surge of God comes alongside. Nothing can stop that thing from finding to produce the fruit in your life. No matter what pressure, what opposition, what hard things come your way, life cannot stop itself. The only thing that can stop it is your faith to believe God for that miracle. Why? Because faith moves the hand of God. Amen? Don't focus on how slow the journey is to get there. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep trusting the Lord. Listen to this. We often think of slow growth as flawed growth. I think I said that a couple weeks ago. We often think of slow growth as flawed growth, that something's wrong. There's nothing wrong with slow growth. Babies take nine months to be born. And we don't question that. Miracles take time sometimes. Kangaroos take how many years? I don't remember. It's a long time, right? Many things take time. 
your dreams, relationships, all those things take time. The world says, grow fast, do fast, move fast. The world's screaming at us all that everything should be now, 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 now. But God is a slow growth God. You know why? Because, listen, anything slow is sustainable. Fast market increase, that's awesome, but I want to see it stay stable for a while. I'm glad my, my stock went up, but I want to see it sustained for a while, right? That's the same thing with God. When it's slow growth, it's sustainable. God's building a foundation for you to stand on. You don't have to waver, right? Why? Because you've been trusting in the Lord all this time. And when it's slow, that's why this church is in such a solid place. If this church would have packed out and, and been like ridiculous in the first year that we made this transition, it wouldn't have been healthy growth right? But slow growth is a sustained growth. Now God builds a foundation. He raises up, raises up. And it's a church that is sustainable 15, 20 years from now. Anything slow is quality. Quality, valuable. And God wants you to, whatever's coming your way, he wants you to maintain it. If he was just a quick fix it, your inner self would sabotage it. And somehow we would undo the blessings of God. Everybody say, trust the process. Trust the process because God is a God of process. Amen? All right, let me close with these few points because I haven't even got to a little bit of what I wanted to say. You guys are awesome. I love the first crown. You guys are great. All right, four things, three things about activating your faith. Amen? One, and I've said this already, you have the measure of faith on the inside of you. He said if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain, Come down and move in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to get in your car or in your home or wherever you have privacy. Speak to that mountain that's trying to distract you. Tell it to come down in Jesus' name. Mountain, in the name of Jesus, whatever it is, intimidation, fear, failure, rejection, tell that mountain. Speak to that mountain, not about how much word you have, but the God you have in you. Tell that mountain, get out of the way in the name of Jesus. You're not going to distract me. You're not going to bring me down. You're not going to be that familiarity in my That mountain may be a familiarity the devil keeps you in. Tell it to go. Get out of the way in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Speak to that mountain because why? God's given you what you need. You don't have to have a title of a pastor to have a measure of faith. You have the same measure of faith I have. That's why I always say I may be anointed to preach it, but I have to walk it just like all of you. Amen? Number two, um, your faith comes alive by hearing the word of God. Hear the word of God. Monday, put on a teaching CD. Find someone that, you, you know, Stephen Furtick is awesome. We should, you should be listening to once a week. Listen to his teaching. I need faith on Wednesdays sometimes when things are going tough, right? Sunday's not enough. We're a supplement. We're to kind of boost you to the other side. I always say church is like B12, you know, and it gives you that, woo, let's go. But, man, I need something to show up when I'm tired on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, right, when the world's trying to kick my butt. So let the Word of God create a new habit this year. I listen to a teaching one every day, whether it's on leadership or um, the Word of God. Why? Because it's activating me every day. And then the Spirit of God is alive so I can hear what God wants to do for my life and this church, amen, and for all of you. Number three, now apply your faith. Now you've got the Word. Now you're going to make it active. When the winds come, you begin to walk in faith anyway and um, do something that is an act of faith. And then last I put, just speak to that mountain, which I talked about already. Speak to that mountain, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Listen, I believe the Lord is stirring you up this morning. How much time? Am I done early, Pastor Bob? I don't even. I got two minutes. 
Yeah, he sees the clock back there. I got a minute 36. I did pretty good, didn't I, Titus? Or Matthias. <laughs> Amen. I believe that in this atmosphere, God's at. How many of you feel already activated and excited? And I want you to take this home and just as if you're married or coupled or who was single, just begin to stir up God inside of your life and say, Lord, I want the measure of faith in my life to be activated in Jesus' name. Amen. For whatever, ever you're believing the Lord for. But let me pray with you. Father God, I thank you for this incredible people. I thank you, God, that you are activating faith inside of their hearts and their lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come into agreement with them that, Lord, you will give them every one of their heart's desires in Jesus' name. I pray any weariness, any lies of the enemy, any resistance that would try to come against them, we command you to back off in Jesus' name. And, Lord, they receive grace, grace grace to do what you've called them to do. I thank you for that peace over their hearts, their minds, and their souls. I'm going to ask you this morning with all eyes closed to give someone to give their life to Jesus this morning. Maybe there's someone here who just needs to make things right. Maybe, maybe you're coming to Jesus for the first time. I don't know. But just ask the Lord to search your heart and ask the Lord, Lord, have I been in an area where I've not been trusting you? Has there been an area where I've been doubt and unbelief, but I want to put that under the blood of Jesus. I don't want to look at what I'm seeing, but I want to look at what you see, God. Just ask the Lord that today. Is there anything you need to give to the Lord? His voice is so precious, loving. Many of you, I know you have identified that. So I want you just to repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I give every doubt and all unbelief over to you. Please forgive me for not trusting you, but today I'm activating the gift of faith in my life. And Father God, forgive me of any unconfessed sin, wash me white as snow, and renew my spirit today. In Jesus' name, with all eyes closed, if there's someone who made a confession of salvation today for the first time or just coming back to Jesus, just put your hand up all over this room. Is there anyone? Thank you for that hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I knew most of you were saved in here this morning and so thankful for that. You can get your eyes on me. I'm just so thankful for what the Lord is doing. Let's close out this year, amen, with excitement. Let's close out this year and believing God for incredible breakthroughs in your life. We love you all so much, and we know that miracles are coming to this house and miracles are coming to your home in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite the pastors and elders forward and we dismiss. If you need prayer for anything, make your way this way. Otherwise, God bless you. We love you and we'll see you Wednesday night.